So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Uh, this is a, a verse, as I said earlier, that's quite familiar to us. Uh, from It's probably especially from baptismal services and also from uh, benedictions in church. Uh, a wee boy was once asked uh, what it was that uh, the minister did at the end of the service when uh, everything was finished. And he said, well, he stands up like a policeman and puts his hand up and says, service stops. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we think that's all that a benediction is. It's a, way, or it's a punctuation mark. It's a way of signing that we come to the end. And so the minister raises his hands and pronounces the benediction. But actually, uh, as I hope we will all understand and take away this morning, uh, the, the benediction is so much more than that. In fact, the, the benediction, which is God's blessing on us, is the most important thing that we would want for our lives. All of God's goodness focused upon us. Well, a benediction uh, actually is simply from a Latin word, or actually two Latin words. It means a good word. And God, in a sense, pronounced a benediction when he had made the heavens and the earth. Uh, we're told six times at the creation account that God saw what he had made, and it was good. God pronounced it good. And what does it mean that God said it was good? When we do something, if you're at all artistic, which I certainly am not, if you were to do something artistic, uh, maybe painted something, and you came to the end, and I don't know, there was just uh, a fortuitous combination of colours, and, and you come to the end and you say, step back, and say, oh, that's rather good. <laughs> and you're almost taken, taken by surprise at the way it's turned out, you say, oh, that's pretty good. Well, that's not what uh, God was doing when he pronounced uh, the world good at the end. God wasn't taken by surprise that what he had made was perfect. Uh, that was simply the nature of his creation, that what he made would reflect him, and that's what was good. So when God is saying that it's good, he is delighting. He is taking joy in what he had made. And that's an important aspect of what a benediction is. It is experiencing the joy that God takes in his people. We might wonder how that's possible. Uh, we might wonder how God could possibly take delight in me, in you. But the, the wonder of the gospel is that God has made that possible. And he confirms that truth in his blessing. But it's that word bless that keeps on coming up. Uh, in the verses. The Lord, uh, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You're to bless the Israelites. Now, for us, we don't use the word bless very often in normal, everyday speak. But when we do, sometimes we use the word in unusual ways, in unusual circumstances. You know, somebody sneezes, and we still say, bless you. Still, still common to hear why do people say, bless you, after someone, someone sneezes? Have you ever thought of that? It seems rather strange, doesn't it? Uh, to say, bless you. And when you start to dig a little bit around this, uh, you know, you can 
find out in Google, which is the source of all knowledge and information, why people say, bless you, after somebody sees this. It goes back to uh, a very uh, sad time in history, the Great Plague, when people were falling down and dying because of the, the plague, that, especially in London, but also in other parts of Europe, was passing around very, very quickly. And it was thought that one of the first signs of getting the plague was that somebody sneezed. And so when someone was heard to sneeze, the people who uh, very often were more godly and aware of God's control over things than people today are, would say, God bless you. And it wasn't said in the unthinking way that we do, but it was said as a matter of seriousness, may God keep you from falling are ill with this dreadful condition that will lead to your death. May God bless you. And of course, uh, this is going way, way back. This is going back nearly 500 years ago. And as time has passed, uh, it's come into uh, things that we do, customs. So we have the, the children's nursery rhyme, uh, Ring a Ring of Roses. Who has ever played Ring a Ring of Roses at school? Yes. They, yes, they still do that, kids. I remember... Uh, at Christmas parties and that kind of thing. Ring a ring of roses. A pocket full of hoses. A tissue. A tissue. We all fall down. And it sounds a really nice nursery rhyme, but actually it's, it's recalling the plague. <laughs> People sneezing and then falling down dead. And the pocket full of hoses to keep at bay the, the dreadful smell that was uh, everywhere because of the plague. So that is reminding us uh, of the origins of using that word bless. And although uh, it's not uh, relevant in a sense to the passage, in a sense it is, because God's blessing uh, is a blessing which will keep us from not only death at the end of our lives, but from eternal death. Now, in Israel, if you read your, your Bibles in the Old Testament, you discover that uh, at the end of his life, when a father uh, believed that his life was drawing to an end, he would want to give his blessing to the children. And so he would call uh, his sons uh, to his bedside in order that he could give the blessing to them. Uh, and there were two sides to a father giving his blessing to the children. On the one hand, the Father, just as God, uh, when he made his benediction on the world, was saying that he delighted in it, the Father would be saying, I delight in you as my son, as my daughter. And this blessing is telling you just how much you mean to me. Because I'm about to leave this world and I want to leave you with the knowledge of my love towards you. So that was one aspect. And then the other aspect was that the father would divide his property between the children, so that after he had passed on, the children would have a share of the property. So he was telling them about his joy in them and also making provision for them. Uh, and that's what we see, for example, in the story of Isaac, uh, who has got a blessing to give to his sons. And you know the story uh, in Sunday school, it's story that's complicated by the fact that uh, the sons are twins, uh, but Esau was born first, wasn't he? But 
Isaac had been told that it would be the younger one, Jacob, who would uh, be the one to inherit the blessing. And Isaac doesn't want to do that. Uh, but Jacob wants to take the blessing. And so Rebekah, his mother, uh, disguises him. Uh, do you remember how she did that? What does she use to disguise Jacob so that he's going to look like his older brother? Remember she took the, the skins of a goat and wrapped them, wrapped them around uh, the arms of Jacob, who, who had smooth skin. Esau was a hairy man. He had rough, hairy hands and neck, and so she brought the, the, the skin of the, the, the goat round his neck and round his arm. And because Isaac's eyesight was failing, he touched Jacob when he came in disguised, and he could smell the smell of the outdoors, and he thought that this was Esau. And he gave, Esau, uh, gave Jacob the blessing. Now, the point of the story is to show us just how important the blessing was to Jacob. He was willing to, to trick his father like that to get the blessing, even though uh, he probably knew that he wouldn't inherit the property. But he still valued that blessing. He wanted to have the blessing. So when the Lord blesses us, he's saying, I am committed to you. I will do everything in my absolute power to do you good. All of my resources of might and grace are focused on you for your good. He doesn't just wish us well, he achieves the best for us. This is the blessing of God. So that's what benediction means, it means a good word, and blessing means God delighting in us and providing for us. We're going to look now at the words of the blessing itself. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Keeping us means protecting us, guarding us. Uh, some of the Psalms, are, are, they, they communicate this idea of protecting. Uh, Psalm 23, for example, has got the picture of a shepherd that protects uh, and provides for the sheep. Another psalm, uh, which you were singing a couple of Sundays ago, uh, Psalm 121, uh, which speaks about uh, the Lord uh, keeps you, the Lord at your right hand. The Lord is Israel's keeper, and the Lord is our keeper. Uh, he looks after us, and that psalm tells us that God can keep us from slipping as we walk, from dangers of day and night, from dangers of going on journeys, are going out and are coming in. Uh, God is powerful. He's in control of the sun and the moon. Uh, he arranges all the happenings of our lives. And if his blessing is on us, he will keep us for our good. The Lord bless you and keep you. Keep you. Now, we have earthly people who keep us, who protect us, who don't. So we've got the parents that we look to to protect us and keep us. And they will do all that they can to protect us and keep us. But sometimes we wonder, but they're not around. 
And you know, sometimes in the, the night time, uh, sometimes in the night, uh, we're afraid because if you're somebody that can't sleep at night, then one of the feelings that uh, is not very nice is that you think that you're the only person in the whole world who is awake at that point, and you begin to think of all the things that could happen. And everybody else is sleeping in the house. There's nobody awake except you. And Psalm 1 to 1 again reminds us that God never sleeps. Behold, he who keeps Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. <clears throat> That's a lovely picture of a, of a God who is 24-7 on the case. He's never off duty. He's never sleeping. He's always looking after you. That's a wonderful blessing of having the Lord as your keeper. The Lord make his face shine upon you. I love this part of the of the, the blessing. The Lord shining his face upon us. Now is it not true that when when it's sunny we feel better, don't we? We all feel better when there's sunshine. Um Maybe the fact we get so little sunshine in Scotland shapes our national personality, you know. Uh, but it, it's wonderful to have these times when the sun is out and we're just basking in golden sunshine. It lifts the spirits. And a smile sometimes is sometimes spoken of, of, of uh, sunshine. Or someone can be said to have a sunny personality. Somebody comes into the room and the sunshine uh, just breaks loose. And the, the blessing is saying that God looks upon us with favor and brings sunshine into our souls. Uh, we were thinking when we were studying Romans of the wonderful fact that as far as the Christian is concerned, God is for us. There's very few people uh, in our lives, uh, of whom it can be said they are absolutely for us. They want the good in our lives at every turn. They're, they don't begrudge us any good. They always want uh, our, our, the best for us. And that's the sense that we have here with this part of the blessing. God is for us and wants the best for us. And his smile is like sunshine on our lives. We know the, sh the shine of his smile on our lives. So, with that lovely image of, of God's smile, his sunshine upon us, we're going to uh, break just for a minute, and we're going to sing a couple of choruses that you guys know well. Seek you first, and this is the day. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's from Scripture, reminding us that if we make God our, our first priority, if we make God uh, the, the first place in our lives, uh, if we are sure that Jesus is our Savior, that he saved us, we don't need to worry about all the other stuff, because it's just stuff in the end. God will uh, provide us uh, all we need. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You can stay seated.
This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made, we will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made.
The Lord make his face shine upon you. Uh, I suppose one uh, good Old Testament example of that uh, was Moses. When Moses was up on the mountain and he was with the Lord, uh, his face shone because he was in the presence of the glory of God. And when he came down amongst the people again, uh, the, the brightness was so bright that he had to veil his face from them. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. This is the this is the biggie, if you like. This is the the choice one in the blessing that the Lord is gracious to us. In other words, the Lord gives to us favor that we don't deserve. Whatever our life has been like, we can know God as our heavenly Father through Jesus Christ because of His grace. We don't need to earn. God's favor. But because of Jesus, he is ready to show it undeservedly, undeserved grace. And again, a good example of this was Aaron himself. Uh, Aaron had done a, a, a really bad thing. What do we have here? Aaron and the, yeah, yeah, sure, the golden calf. Uh, this was one of the, the real low points this was a real downer in the life of the children of Israel. I mean, why on earth they got up to this? I have no idea. Well, I have an idea. Because uh, they, like me, were sinners. And we do things in this people. And when Moses was away in the mountain, uh, the people say, oh, he's been there, he's been gone so long. Who knows? Maybe he's dead. So make us gods that the other nations have. And so Aaron foolishly led them in making the golden calf. Can you imagine that? The, the brother of Moses, a leader of the people, somebody that everybody looked up to, and he goes and he leads them into idolatry? Can you imagine uh, crashing and burning worse than that? It was a dreadful thing for Aaron to do. And yet, here we are, several months later, he's the guy who's going to give the people the blessing now. God has shown him grace. He's been shown undeserved favor. The Lord be gracious to you. That's a great blessing that God confers on us, isn't it? His grace. We don't deserve it, but Jesus has earned it, and God gives it freely to those who repent. The Lord turn his face towards you. That's lovely also. Uh, we've all got a kind of idea of what, what, uh, what's involved here. Uh, think of uh, the, the dad who comes back from uh, a busy day at work uh, and he can, he's got his eye on uh, his, his mind on one thing, I want to just sit down and read the newspaper. And so he's sitting down and he's reading the newspaper and along comes uh, the kid. <laughs> and Junior wants to get his attention, but the newspaper is crowding out his attention. And so this father would think that he can keep one eye on the newspaper and another eye on the son and answer the son's questions. He's going to find out that that's not the case because uh, the son is going to come up and he's going to say, Dad, give me your attention. And uh, if you've never seen that happen or experienced it, 
that's what happens. The kids are often more wise than the, than the dads uh, in this situation. And dad's face is turned around so that he can look at nothing else than his own offspring, his own child, and give him full, 100% undivided attention. And that's what the verse is saying. That the, the blessing is assuring us that God gives us his full attention. One of the things that really astounds us when we start to think more about God and his character and his attributes, we come to an end of our thinking quickly. How can God be everywhere at the same time? I don't understand that. How can God know all things? How can God give me all of his attention while at the same time doing that for every other believer? that God is not diverted from us. When God comes to our aid, he gives us his whole attention. He turns his face upon us. And no matter how much is going on elsewhere, we have God's full attention. No matter how uh, bad or good things are at a particular point in life, his face turned upon us means that we have his complete attention every time every moment the Lord turn his face upon you and give you peace peace uh, this is the, the great result of being made right with God being justified by grace we have peace with God now this isn't just saying that we're not fighting anymore although you may not realize it, but before we become Christians, we are fighting with God. But when a Jewish person met somebody else, and you would still hear this in Israel today, uh, they would wish one another shalom, uh, which we translate as peace, but it actually means more than what we understand as peace. It means, may God give you a full life, a whole life, a life that's good, in the biggest sense of the world. God's shalom, God's peace on your life. That is what God has purchased for us and wishes to confer upon us in his blessing. And then finally, uh, God says about the blessing, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. That's where we have a connection with baptism, actually, because uh, at the end of Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples that they're to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Putting my name upon them in blessing brings to mind the great privilege that we have of coming into the family of God uh, by adoption. Think of the situation of uh, this little girl here any other child who has maybe lost connection with her family, the natural family, because of all kinds of reasons. Could be, uh, could be maybe this girl was in a country that was caught up in war, or her parents died because of an accident or something. And then just imagine that the guy here is a really wealthy man. And he has adopted the little girl into his family. 
and at the adoption, his name, his surname, put on her. Whatever she was before, she now has, now has a new family name. I will, you will put my name upon her. For somebody like the little girl, that means not just a, a new family name, it means a new identity. She's part of a family. Uh, she has got all of the security of knowing that uh, her father and mother are absolutely for her. And they will provide for her. There is nothing that she could need that she will lack. They will make sure that she has the best education, that she has the best clothes to wear, that she has every opportunity. But she'll also know that she can't live any way she likes now because she doesn't want to let down this father that has adopted her. Neither would we want to let down a heavenly father who has called us into his family. She has a new name put upon her. And as God's children, we have this huge privilege too, which brings the responsibility of living for our Father in heaven. And this is God's great blessing on us. And in every aspect of it, in, the, in that sense of walking in the sunshine because we know that God is for us, in the sense of having God provide for us, uh, not just in the, the waking hours, but throughout the hours of darkness, in him protecting us and keeping us. All these blessings are only God's to give. They are God's to give. And God assures us that no one can remove them from us if he gives them to us. Uh, read further on into Numbers, and you come across a guy that wanted to remove the blessing of God on his people, wanted to make it into a curse. And could he? Could Balaam turn around and remove the blessing? No, he couldn't. God's blessing on his people stands sure. And how do you and I get the blessing? How do we get the blessing? We don't get it simply because a minister will stand up uh, like a policeman at the beginning with his hands raised and say these words. It doesn't come as magic like that. This is a reality that's spoken to those who already possess by faith the blessing of God are in Jesus. And on the cross, Jesus became a curse. He came under the curse of God. He became the very opposite of a blessing. He knew the wrath and the, the fury of God against sin. Why? So that if we believe in his work on that cross, we can have the blessing instead of the curse of God. We can have all that is mentioned here at the end of Numbers. We can know the Father's sunshine on our lives through faith in his Son. And when we know all of that, friends, it becomes meaningful for us. And I hope it will be meaningful for you this morning when uh, the blessing is pronounced. That God is reminding you, all those of you that have faith in Christ, that these things are yours to appropriate by faith. The fullness of the blessing of God. And it's also calling any of us this morning who aren't trusting Jesus to lay hold of him by faith, and to know 
that yes, he's not only the Savior, but he's my Savior because I believe in him. I want to commit my life to him. And I want to walk in the sunshine of God all the days of my life. May God bless to us his word. May his blessing upon us uh, this morning be a reality in our lives. Amen. Right. Well, you boys and girls, you've been really good uh, this morning. Uh, <coughs> been attentive. And we're coming now to, to the point you've been looking forward to. And we have uh, various uh, prizes. And what is happening in Sunday school, by God's grace, is that we are seeking to make little disciples. Disciples are people who follow Jesus and who are learning more about him. And discipling doesn't just end uh, after a few years. It goes on. We're being trained to run the race and to become strong and to become examples to others. That's why it's great this morning to have somebody who is an example to us uh, of going on with the Lord. And May is going to come and she's going to, to give the prizes to uh, you children uh, this morning. So May, if you'd like to come out. Uh, we've got prizes uh, for all of you, uh, and there are also special certificates for those of you who have done well in the, the memory work. And when you see these certificates, you will see that there is uh, a coupon in it, so you can go to the, the, the candy shop and it's an ice cream, so. Or anyway. uh, yes. Okay. So it's a special special reward for those of you who have done really well. Uh, we're also giving uh, certificates to those of you who will be going up into the, uh, the next stage where you, you'll be in the church and you'll be working with William and Megan on some of the memory, uh, on some of the, the uh, service sheets afterwards. So there's a certificate to mark uh, your graduation up to the next step. Yeah, I'm the best newcomer.